0: Hey guys, Andre Iverson here, Uh, me just as so many of you guys in the paddle world lost a dear friend this past Thursday in the passing of uh, George Wilkinson. George was a dear friend of mine, Uh, I'd known him for a long time. Uh, I met him in 2006 when he came and attended Land University, which was the school I played tennis at as well, so we were teammates for the next two and a half years. Um, you know, George was one of the first guys that told me I needed to come up in this area, up to the Connecticut, New York area. Um, he was already telling me back in 2009 how I should come up here and this is the place to work, um, and how I should play paddle, etc. Um, I was a little stubborn about it. it, took me a little longer than probably desired to get here, but in 2017, I finally made a move. Um, obviously kept in touch with George throughout. Um, all over the last couple of years we didn't see each other as much as we used to um you know the great thing about george was it didn't matter if you seen him every week every day or didn't see him for years when you did see him it was like no time had ever passed i have a letter in front of me written written by one of george's uh longtime members eric pepper um from a nursing island club in new york uh, where george Probably spent his most time as a pro um, of all the different clubs he had been at. Um, This letter is a great description, how George was as a person. So I would like to share this with you guys tonight. Uh, In memory of a friend, George Wilkinson. I didn't grow up going to beach clubs or playing tennis for that matter. So the sight of a classically handsome British man dressed up in what looked like white safari gear in the middle of the summer made little to no sense to me. Further yet, the man carried a megaphone, a clipboard, and seemed to be at the center of complete chaos. Children ran amok, concerned parents hovered, and a host of international voices permeated the air. Somehow, it was clicky controlled by the man in white. This was a typical day in the life of George Wilkinson. As time went on, I created, although begrudgingly, my own relationship with racket sports. Given that my wife and kids seemed to be having such a good time, I thought I'd give it a try. I vividly remember walking into the pro shop, making some stupid joke to George about if he really liked tennis, he should check out what I'll be doing on court three in about 10 minutes. After realizing I was indeed kidding, a friendship was born. Whether it was talking about the World Cup, exchanging travel ideas for the end of the summer, or catching up on the latest events, George had an effusive energy, a quick wit, and a love of being not just a tennis pro, but one of the guys. Long before I ever met him, George was a top junior tennis player and one of the top 10 paddle tennis players in the world. When he saw him on the court, be it in the Richardson tournament or hitting with college players 15 years his junior, he realized there was a completely different person at work. Years of training and intensity went into making something extremely difficult look very easy. George was a child at heart. Amongst those that will miss him most are the children he taught. Although he got them to work hard, he gave them ice pops, made them laugh, and let them throw them into the pool at the end of the season, to all of their delight. He danced with them at the sports dinners like no one was watching. The last time my wife, Leah, and I hung out with George and his faithful buddy, Enrique, he was at his custom, entertaining the crowd at Lil Escal, L- where he exuberantly discussing his plans um, about diving with tiger sharks. While pulling up stock images on his phone and yelling, look at this mate, it's an effing tiger shark. George died as he lived, full throttle, no time to waste, on to the next adventure. While it is very difficult to say goodbye, I would leave you with this. The next time you have a racket in your hand, or skis, a surfboard, or whatever it may be, reach deep down and hit it as hard as you can. That's the way George would want it. Sincerely. Eric Pepper. This letter describes him, I mean, to a T. George was full of energy, made people laugh, um, was always about having a good time. And no matter what you did, if George was around, you know he make you laugh. Um, he was truly a special person and he will be dearly missed uh, by many, many more than just me.
1: Welcome to Inside the Wires, hands down, the best podcast in all of racket sports. Listener discretion may be advised for a younger audience. All right, welcome back to Inside the Wires. Today we've got uh, someone we've wanted to have on for a long, long time. Uh, She might be one of the taller paddle players out there at about uh maybe five feet tall standing on platform shoes yeah. uh patty patty hogan so patty is a legend for her work as a as a player as a adamant supporter of junior paddle and pretty much all things that have to do with paddle patty's an advocate for and of course everyone knows her for a great commentary on the live stream so we're really excited to have patty on so uh get ready it's going to be fun dancing the rain make you crazy life take All right, we are super excited. This is a guest we have wanted to have on for a long, long time. This is the one and only Patty Hogan. Patty, welcome to the show.
2: No, and Ben, thanks so much for dropping the height requirement for the show.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, we're excited to have you on. You are a uh, you are a most requested guest for the show and we're ecstatic to have you on and the timing actually is fantastic because I hear you have a big event coming up this weekend.
2: Oh, uh, we have Junior Nationals coming up. It's going to be incredible. We have almost 200 kids this year. We have incredible sponsors. I'd love to give a quick shout out to New Jersey Men's League, Women's League, New Jersey Splex League, Viking and the APTA, outstanding ongoing sponsorship, Court Pro, Total Platform Tennis, Pro Flight Paddle, Clark Trophies, Fusion, and someplace called Lake George Paddle and Pickleball. So (laughs) we have great. Great support for the kids because this is the most, this is our most favorite day of the year, in my opinion. No offense to anything else that goes on in life. This is the greatest thing. We have an outstanding uh, group of kids. I have a million volunteers lined up, every pro in New Jersey who made the mistake of picking up my phone call, <laughs> thinking that maybe I could get them on announcing. It was really to be a hub commander for Junior Nationals.
1: So, So for people who don't really have a perspective of how big Junior Nationals is, what does this? What, what does it look like? What are the what are the categories? What are the number of kids participating? How many places are are involved? How many uh, you know? How many clubs and courts are involved? What, what does that look like? What's the scope of it? Sure.
2: Well, we've we secured about seventy courts for the event on Saturday. We um, have a good talk with Mother Nature, whoever that is, and say please, please, please don't let it rain or snow. Uh, we start at nine o'clock. Every all the players report at eight forty-five. We split all the kids up um, into round robin play in the morning. We have U, U10, uh, U10s, U10, U12s, 15 and unders, 18 and unders, boys and girls. We have about 196 as of an hour ago. We had about 186 as of three hours ago. So it's like this ever-changing thing. And pros call me up. Patty, you got to do this. I'll do anything for you. Can you get my team in? So we try to be extraordinarily flexible. I run this event. I've run this event for so long with Dave Broderick, Drew Broderick, Greg Morgan, Jill Fair. I've got a million pros who just step up and really make it easy. We we do a lot of work ahead of time. And then this week it's the Costco runs, the peanut free snacks, picking out what's gonna what's gonna be served at the family tailgate party we do a game tent we play ping pong ben you would love this cornhole i mean i'm kids in can win stuff for winning a point and ping pong off me <laughs> really you know and, this is awesome. and i'm trying to get my uncle my well he's really my cousin hulk to show up and make an appearance because
1: <laughs> did you say his name is you might know him, Ben.
2: You ever no. hear of him?
1: No. I
3: think my cousin yeah.
2: Hulk Hogan.
1: Get out of here.
2: Would I lie?
3: You can't see the similarities in height. Wait, I I'm so thrown off right now. Oh, are we fucking with me or are we being serious?
2: Totally. Ben, you know I make a lot of stuff up on live stream.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You gotta fill in.
3: <laughs> okay. All right.
2: Okay, so Hulk will not be making an appearance um, <laughs> <laughs> this year, but it's not too late. I mean, we've got a couple days. So anyway, we um, we use uh, lots of courts. We go to about twenty different clubs. Uh, we thanks to all the sponsorship, we've got live streaming on two courts from Canubra all Saturday afternoon in between the ping pong games, hoping for a little hoops.
1: That sounds great. And uh, is, did you check the weather forecast? You, did, uh, did, did they cooperate? Uh,
2: they totally cooperated. It was, you know, probably 45 degrees on Saturday. Perfect. Um, yeah. So it's going to be great. And we, we, um, you know, the kids, the kids have a ball and the, and the purest thing in kids sports is when parents don't get involved. No offense parents.
3: No, great. I was, ex-
2: I was explaining to one of my new hot commanders, Chris Humphreys, who is, up-and-coming player in the game, as everybody, most people know Chris, he's got the job as director of Short Hills Club, and when he got the job, I called him up, I said, here's your first thing you got to do, March 5th, (laughs) Junior Nationals, come on the air in the afternoon, let's go, we got to bring in some new announcers, you know, let's hit it out of the park, and Chris is all over at Short Hills Club, phenomenal, just like every other club around here, everybody wants to make it a great day, so anyone's welcome, we got a, we got a great tailgate party,
3: well, that that's fantastic. And we, we don't, honestly, we don't have much junior paddle like this in Chicago tournament play. And it's sad. And we need a, you know, we'll, we'll talk at another time about how we can build it up here. Cause I think it's crazy. We have this bigger paddle programs in Chicago, but we don't have any junior like you guys have, but, um, Drew Broderick was out here for the cabin fever in December and Vince was playing. And I tell you what, we had a hut full of top players and Vince goes out there and hits with the Dan, the top players like, Holy crap, he's good. But that's kind of like, he's, he, I understand his dad's drew Broderick, but, but that kind of level of junior paddle that you have out there, right? These kids, these kids are legit players.
2: Uh, they're legit. You guys have to tune in on Saturday afternoon. It's outstanding. And and Vince is remarkable. And Vince Vince drives, I would say, nine of ten balls. So he's got the reverse <laughs> right. mentality about the game. Just, just like he his father. He hits ball harder with his foreman. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> so, so I'm curious, what uh, you obviously you can tell the the tone in your voice and your excitement. Right. You have a passion for junior battle. I mean, what what drives that? I mean, that's I would say for a lot of people, that's probably they can go through the motions, but you can tell you're actually passionate about it. What what drives that passion for juniors?
2: Um, I'm kind of part child still, as my husband would say, <laughs> and, you know, the world's a brutal place, life is a challenging thing, and, you know, I'm a big fan of live hard, play hard, have a ton of fun, and, I, you know, seize the day and be grateful, and I think, you know, everybody, you know, you hold a baby, and how that makes you feel, you help a kid, how that makes you feel. It's, it's really rewarding and, you know, anytime a new pro crosses the New Jersey border, I tell them how rewarding working with juniors right. will be and we really collaborate a lot on our efforts. I was mentioning to Noah, we have a program that I run that I've run for a long time, I don't really want to say how long, but, um, you know, I've got Drew and Dave and Greg Morgan and everybody's great assistant pros and we're jamming out there, we've got courts going at Canoe Brook. You know, we have nine courts going at the same time and we get kids from all different clubs. So it's got to be the community is so supportive and the clubs like a Canoe Brook and a Beacon Hill want the kids to excel. And the more opportunity we have to bring in kids who aren't members of those clubs. Now we have potential partners for all these kids. And, you know, Ben, like when you're the kid picked last, who... No, you know, you know what
1: it's ben, ben Ben knows very
2: well oh, what it's like ben, to your pick glass.
3: Just throwing shade. All right.
2: Ben, ben, I'm so ready for you. So anyway, oh, it's good. You know, we are able to bring all these kids from different communities. And you know, a lot of these kids are involved with high school tennis. Um you know, we, we've just had the whole buy-in from New Jersey for juniors, and that's the commitment other, you know, other states can make and other pros can make. And you know, everybody says, "Oh, the weather will shift your season a little bit." And I, yeah. I proposed the APTA years ago. You know, let's do a uh, Midwest Junior Nationals. Go, you know, change the age groups up a little bit from what we do in the Northeast, and maybe we get kids to travel back and forth. Um, so, but it's got to be the commitment from some pros, and it's it's not easy money because kids don't show up. It's not indoor tennis; you're not protected. cold's a factor but you know we send emails hey hey moms and dads send your kids with gloves (laughs) you need toe warmers today we're not gonna let your kids go inside we're playing but
3: and it's it's a high school sport in jersey isn't it
2: we were chatham high school has the first team and it's actually a varsity sport um we we helped put that together paul and lynn ivins were an incredible are still an incredible couple and they are uh hut commanders for junior nationals for the millionth time and Paul and, and Lynn were instrumental with their two kids Paul and Heather five or six years ago in getting the program going we uh, had courts at Santa Court at the time Clay Bibby did a great job in letting us use that facility Scott Estes was involved Jill Fair Greg Mo- Morgan from the early going and now some guy named Blake Anderson's involved Jill Fair Um you know so it, it, it's outstanding in our area and we it's it's uh it can be a club sport for private schools and there are plenty of private schools you know in the jersey area and that's where a lot of the paddle teams come from a little easier yeah. to form teams in a private school than a public school
1: so and, so oh, talk, i'm sorry go ahead so it, it, for for the benefit of places that that don't have a patty hogan that uh, can spearhead a lot of this stuff and and be the driving force what do you think is the way to to start this. Like uh, I know I was talking with Jimmy Yen from uh, Philadelphia area uh, and he started, he's a teacher and he, he's a battle player um, and he started a high school team for girls at his club and he's got a really enthusiastic group of, I think, 13 girls there. Uh, they'll like to shout out by the way, but uh, you know, an enthusiastic group of girls that are playing there. So he's kind of done a, a grassroots thing, but how do you how do you get things started do you start at a younger age group does it start with uh someone who's got more access to courts like a director how do you how do you think you get that momentum going at a place that hasn't had that before
2: you have someone like a patty mcdonald Ian, are members of Canoebrook, and they have four kids that's handy if you can get parents who have a couple kids who are super into paddle like that's actually part of the formula honestly um and a shout-out to Annie O'Shea out of Waynesboro Club in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. I mean, she really spearheaded an effort. And they have, I think, something like eight or ten different high schools that they organized down there. And um, Before COVID, we had – I remember Tim McAvoy, uh, former APTA, everything. Okay. Everyone mm-hmm. knows Tim. I don't have to explain anymore. He, he was on the court playing one day with Cindy Prendergast. And he said, the greatest sight he ever saw in the sport of platform tennis, he looked up and he saw a school bus come in to Waynesboro Country Club on a Sunday <laughs> and outfly fly all these kids with their Chatham high school gear. And Jill oh, Fair was on the bus being the traffic cop and they they played, you know, matches against all of the different high schools. So they took the model like cross country track meets where every school shows up and as many play against each other as could. And, you know, I think it's just got to be creative like that. And I think you just have to build. And if you have five kids, I don't care. Then build off of five kids. You just can't get bummed out because, you know, you you rely on a couple of kids and then they don't show up. And then you say, "Ah," you know, you blow it off. You don't blow it off. You just really do a phenomenal job for the kids who are committed and the parents are committed. And then it just builds from it. And also, I think you have to, let everybody know what's going on. So people realize, oh, look at that, that's going on here. Why can't we do that? Well, anyone can, and anyone who wants to reach out to the APTA, they can reach out to Greg Morgan, who took over my spot. Uh, he's the APTA junior chair. We're always happy to help. Laurie Hissey is a great resource out of Radley Run in Philadelphia. I mean, we'll take anyone through you know, every step and we're, we're total support. We get on the phone for hours with people <laughs> working on this.
3: Well, like noah noah said you you obviously have such a passion for this is this did you start this? Was this your thing sorry this I might be ignorant on this. I don't really did you start this or did you take over from someone
2: um so you know way back years ago, you might have heard of a guy named David Chelson, and he started a viking parent uh child event, and Robin Fulton who some of you know about, many people don't. So I'm happy to tell you about my great friend, Robin Fulton. Um, And, you know, at Nationals this year, we have the Baird Cup and the Fulton Cup. So Robin was uh, a great player, appeared in the finals of 23, I think, mixed Nationals and women's Nationals over a 15-year period. She was part of the game-changing with the athleticism, her risk-taking, she was all over. I hate to say this, but at the time, I remember I was coming into the sport and they're like, oh, my gosh, watch her play. And and she was just dynamic. And that was part of the game, becoming super aggressive. You know, before we had the international influx of players, um, Robin was one of the most athletic women out there. And anyway, Robin gave back, ran junior nationals a little bit. Uh, They went down to Hilton Head and, you know, I uh, had worked with Robin, with Dave Chelson forever. And and just kind of picked up the torch. I had, you know, kind of carried it from Hank Irvine, who was a mentor of mine. When I started working a trillion years ago, Hank was the pro over at Short Hills and uh, Bill Terrell was a guy at Canoer Brook at the time. Bill was an Aussie. Those guys were great mentors to me. And I had no clue what paddle was. I'd never heard of it. And I just watched Hank teach, and he would say, "Just come over here, and I'll throw you in and do this drill." And I was the biggest dork, but you know, he he was great. He saw me play one time, and he said, "I just have," he's like, "Patty, well, first of all, buy your own paddle, because no, I, I was teaching at Beacon Hill. Believe this or not, I didn't even have my own paddle. I would just pick one out of the bin, and I didn't really care. I wasn't an equipment type of gal when I played tennis, so I was like, whatever, I'll just play with anything." So I go to Short Hills, show up for a first round tournament. I see we're playing uh Dan Strauss and Robin Fulton or Pat Butterfield, Hall of Famers. And I g- had grabbed a paddle from Hank. He's like, good luck, you're gonna need it. So I'm out there and Pat Butterfield and Dan are just firing his balls in the warm-up. And I, I warmed up with each of them, and one of them hit a ball and my paddle delaminated on the spot in the warm-up. And so I ran up. I just said. Hank, something's wrong with this paddle. He's like, quit now. You've got no shot. And you know, Robin Fulton was one of the top players at the time in the game. And, you know, all of those players, you know, the paddle community, it's an inclusive community. Everybody helps each other get better. I mean, I can't tell you how much time I spent talking paddle with these women. You know, and they'd say, we kicked your ass because you did this, this, this. And what were you thinking, Patty, when you hit that forehand and, and that ball hit the back fence? I said, well, I really wasn't aiming for the back fence, but I wasn't very good at my forehand in, in that spot at the time. And then, you know, it, like I think that sharing and collaboration, collaborative effort is still in the game somewhat. It's it, not as much. But, you know, to me, that's that's kind of what was remarkable having come out of college tennis and really not loving my last two years of college tennis, just, you know, just a little cutthroat and not feeling that it was a team. And then when I got introduced to paddle uh, Larry and Sandy Chapin were friends of mine from Westfield tennis club, Westfield, New Jersey, home of uh, Greg Moore former national champ with Hank Irvine, two times Ben and Noah. Um, Anyway, they introduced me to the game. And they're like, you just got out of Rutgers. I think we got a sport that, you, that might be really well suited for your personality. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, you don't have to be tall. <laughs> <laughs> I there's... said, okay, sign me
1: off. Oh, and, and there's usually drinking involved.
2: So I, I went to paddle and then instantly was addicted.
3: Now, real quick with uh with junior nationals, we have a young man on this who's one of our hosts on this show. Sometimes, sometimes we track him down. Uh Mr. Anderson, former national junior champion, right? Do you have oh, any yeah. other do you have any do we have any others uh kind of top players now or about to break through that were Mark, big junior players? I
2: think you've heard of Mark Powers.
3: Yeah, Scott not Estes, bad.
2: Scott Estes Junior, Mike Stulak. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's a woman named Bobo Delaney, Sarah Krieger. They were junior Nats champs. They were under uh, Hank's mentorship. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I think now we're going to start to see, you know, I feel like I've been a- around long enough. I-, I was at Beacon Hill today doing a meeting with Dave Broderick and Greg and Drew's on the phone and I'm looking at the plaque, the Beacon Hill former presidents. And I'm like, I worked there i go back about 13 club presidents and and but with each of them we talked about the progression of paddle you know in a beacon hill and in the summit short hills the whole area so it's just something that will mushroom and people just kind of have to go in the deep end of the pool take a little risk and just just say you're doing it and i think clubs need to get over uh having club members only really you can you can Kids need pizza. to have their friends from school. And if, you, if they do that, that's a huge key. Do paddle yep. and pizza parties on Friday night. You yep. know, don't offer a clinic at a time that's stupid. Um, and, and really work around other people's schedules because we've got to get paddle to fit in. And then it becomes a priority for all these people. And, right. you know, I have a wait list for our junior academy that I run with these guys because everyone knows it's Mondays. It's 4.30 6.30. We, we can go nine, 10 courts and that's it. And we're full. And so it's, it's kind of an amazing thing that we've built. And, you know, I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of all the pros who, you know, come out there and, and do a great job with the kids and make it fun.
1: All right, well, you've, put...
3: got, you've got a new partner, new, uh, new pro coming to Jersey and Tyler Owens. You need to get him, uh, him yeah. getting into the paddle
1: yeah on the shore. All right, I got I got to put you on the spot now since you mentioned all these uh national champions that, that were junior national champions and had great success as adults. Pick pick one or two that you uh that you see as junior players right now whether they've mm-hmm. become champions or not that you see down the road are going to be uh are they going to be great adult players as well.
2: 12 and under boys, Pawar, Kuzak out of Essex Fells Mick works with them. Now Sven Burris works with them. When you see these kids play, it's just incredible. The skill they have. Um, the little guy, he's a lefty. You'll see him this weekend. Little Rafa. I mean, they have game. They would beat half the men and women players <laughs> of any age. I mean, that's how good they are.
1: That's um, awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Sven's working the push overhead clinics with them, I assume, right?
2: <laughs> Sven tells kids everything's about the push, and um, and then I'll give a quick shout out to my buddy Brendan McDonald, who's a member of Canoe Brook. Um, Brendan is eighteen, finishing up his uh, run in juniors. Outstanding player. I always call him Mini Johan because Brendan's got game. And you know, the thing about the live streaming coming into it is, you know, there's a live streaming event in Chicago or anywhere in the Midwest, these kids are watching. They show up for Monday paddle. They're like, what are we doing on your court, padding? I'm like, what do you want to do? And they'll be like, you know, Johan, da, da 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 And, and Vince. <laughs> you see Vince. Vince has every shot. He has no idea when to use them yet. But he's got every <laughs> shot in the book. And I just hope, like, I feel like we should hand out armor for the boys' tens on Saturday. Because <laughs> Vince has no idea what he's going to hit.
1: that's That's good i can't wait to watch yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be some good stuff so uh so you mentioned live streaming patty i think everybody uh probably newer in the game now knows you from from your live streaming and loves your announcing and uh and most of all loves the true and false questions that come up i think that's probably the best so
2: well that came that came from an original sponsor of a pro flight event um so it's kind of Kind of gotten into some of the APTA a little bit. Um, there you go. There you go. And I so, mean, the live streaming, I love being a part of it because it keeps me kind of in touch with the game um, and involved with the players. And um, it, it just informs so many people. And the growth of the game, the APTA's push with PTI, the Nationals, every single thing, you know, membership. APTA, APTA over 26,000 now, you know, we kind of hit a wall, the fact that we have five or six people like yourself who have companies for paddles, balls, I mean, it's just an incredible time of growth, and the live stream, and, you know, being able to explain what's going on and telling the story, not showing favorites, Ben and Noah, psych,
1: well, you know, actually you mentioned that, but, uh, there was, there was some chatter on the, on the comment section of the live streaming this weekend for, by the way, phen- phenomenal match. If, uh, if anybody's looking for some, uh, some content to watch the, uh, the, the Philadelphia open final this weekend for men was absolutely amazing to watch three hours of just great paddle, but there was some chatter on the side there about a, a slight East coast bias and, uh, uh you know and and looking down on midwest paddle what do you what are your thoughts on that Betty?
2: well i mean we all have romances bromances whatever you want to call it i mean i talk about my love of max lipperware right out in the open all the time <laughs> um,
3: that has sure. nothing to do with his paddle game <laughs>
2: nothing to do with his forehand. Um, nope and and I mean, I, I do think I do a phenomenal job of being neutral. I love stirring the pot a little bit. I love betting on people. I love making picks that I'm so full of it that, I, you know, like, I I mean, I like doing that kind of stuff because I think it's, it makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, and, you know, we, we, you know, we as announcers know a lot of people in the sport and, um, you know, I think everybody who commits in this sport as a volunteer, whether it's for tournaments, live streaming, anything, everybody gets out there. We all bring biases to the table. I certainly have none. Um, and so we we try to present it fair, fairly to all as best we can. Um, and, you know, like I want to go back to that match with that Tyler and Adam because it's one of the three favorite paddle matches I've ever seen in my life. The other was when Tyler and Adam beat Johan and Steven uh, Fiddler's Elbow Pro Flight event. Noah, you were there. Just was, yeah, the most, I mean, I don't think I slept for two days after that match. It was just, we were so juiced. There was so much adrenaline. And, and you just saw this amazing thing going on. I think Gambino, Trwinski, Nationals, Philly, Quarters. The finals. Palmer. Oh my God, that was electric, and and well, that match on Sunday in Philly, you know, had the same feel to me. And well, that amazing. match,
3: that match still has one of the greatest shots ever. That one Jared got off, uh, it like hit the net, and then he du- somehow dug it out, and they won the point. That was a, that was that was a great match. Going back to your pro flight match, Noah, tell your story about talking to Adam after the match. No, okay, after- I'll tell it for you Patty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this this couldn't be any more Adam Morgan and I love it. I love Adam. I think he's a competitor. He's just a good dude. But uh Noah Noah was at that Pro Flight event that you mentioned with uh Adam Adam and Tyler and then it was was it Johan who was it?
1: Johan and Yo- Stephen. Yeah. Stephen. Is uh, that it was at Fiddler's elbow? Was that the first Pro Flight event they had?
2: First Pro Flight event was Westchester, won by Modic and Graham.
1: Okay, so maybe that was the second event. It was, it was Over very Powers early. and Hughes
2: yeah. and Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There we go. So
3: the the match was amazing, and the, and they walk off, and and Noah's there, and Noah Noah goes Noah goes to Adam. He's like, "Hey guys, that was like the greatest battle I've ever seen. Great playing." And Adam just looks at him and goes, "You haven't watched me play very often, have you?" <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a classic.
3: Most people are just going, oh thank you so much. That's really kind of you. Adam's like, you just haven't watched me play very often. You're like yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, you you see you, Patty, you uh, seem to, favorite. you you seem to have an awful lot of fun when you're broadcasting. And I know that uh that comes through and everybody everybody enjoys uh listening to you. I I, I understand there's some some new stuff coming through for next year. Uh Uh, anything you can talk about as far as uh, what's coming out down the pipe for, for live streaming and, and uh, broadcasting next year.
2: I think that um, I think that's going to be an interesting time as we probably will branch out a little bit, try to live stream more events. Got a group in Chicago. We've got my paddle. We've got pro flight. We've got all these different options, which I think is going to help the whole paddle community just hear the stories told different ways. And I think um, I've had some conversations. I've had an opportunity uh, for the APTA for me to reach out to a lot of people and say, hey, you know, when you're not at tournaments, why don't we get you a remote setup? See if we can get some, some different voices there so that some of us who have done it a ton can go a little bit in the background. Um, it does take a, I mean, it's, it takes a lot of time. It's a, a real fun commitment, but it's totally time consuming. And I just think the more people we have and the different voices that we can hear, I just think that's going to make the grain, the game even more exciting.
3: Yeah. And uh, you mentioned my paddle, I, I, you know, I really look forward to their recaps of the tournaments They are, They have done such a good job with like the editing and the music to it. And then I like how, how Mark loves to like, inject himself in there with a couple of his questions to the crowd i uh i enjoy the monday or tuesday after a tournament where my paddle puts out those little two to three minute i i just think i i love all this new stuff that's coming into the game and changing it up a little bit but it it wasn't a question i just put a little shout out to my paddle on how how good they're doing i just i think it's great stuff
2: yeah and i i love how they're just so widespread and and so many people are listening and and just tuning in because of my paddle and they've done a great job in spreading so much information about how the game is played and clearly we know there's so many different levels in this game and you know some of the stuff no one can relate to except the top players in the game and then some other stuff is great fundamental information that i've kind of screenshotted and i'll share with people because they explain it in a way that's very crystal clear Um, and, and Mark Innes has just done a fabulous job. What a great guy. He's, he's so fun to be with. I mean, he's just got that energy and he's, he's going to do, uh, I called him and said, Hey, will you do a little intro for us for junior Nats this weekend? It's let people know we're live streaming. And of course he's working on it now. He said, send me videos, send me pics, send me everything. Yeah. We'll get it done. So I I love that collaborative spirit that we have around everything everything,
1: new jersey without sounding uh too too old it's it almost seems like we're in uh kind of like the second golden age of paddle i think the first one seems like it was you know people search out that youtube video from i think it was like the early 80s when and hank irvine and and steve Mm -hmm. bear were talking about it when they were on one of the broadcast networks for the paddle and they were talking about yeah i mean cbs and they were you know you look at the crowds there and they were tremendous and there was professional quality graphics for you know, almost 40 years ago, it was, it's crazy. And they are talking about $20,000 prize money at all these tour stops. Uh, what did they, did they go to the Virgin islands or something crazy. And they were like all over the place. It was just, they, they were on fifth Avenue and exactly. in New York, it was just crazy. I mean, that was obviously a, a, a peak time for paddle. And it seems like, you know, there was a, a lull to some degree, I think after some of the major sponsors went away. And it seems like we're, we're kind of back now with a lot of great involvement from, from great people and excitement. And video content and everything so it's it's a fun time to to be involved with the game right
2: oh for sure
1: um so so not i know this weekend your your book solid but uh there's another big event that goes along with nationals right and that's the the adult nationals not junior nationals uh the, the hall of fame inductions can you talk a little bit about uh the the inductees for this year for maybe people who aren't as familiar with them
2: Sure. We, um, you know, we talked about the game and I I talked about Robin Fulton, uh, the Fulton cup and the Baird cup at nationals will be what president's cup used to be, but it's going to be for anybody at Anybody who qualifies for the 64 spots in nationals can now play in either Fulton cup on the women's side or the Baird cup on the men's side. And um, they, they, you know, wait, I got to go back to one thing on the Fulton cup. (laughs) because going back to juniors and carrying the torch from robin fulton even before like robin came out of connecticut and mike gillespie bob calloway there were so many pros who i i would be remiss if i didn't mention the juniors from up there they all did a phenomenal job so now let's go forward again to the present i just didn't want to leave those guys out of it sorry okay let's go back tell me what i want to answer now
1: Uh Hall of, Hall of Fame. fame. Who, who's going to so, the Hall of Fame this year?
2: Okay, so now Anna Brazova. You know we had the influx of international players in the in the game, and it really impacted the women's play tremendously. And Anna Brazova won the nationals with Vicky Stocklasova, and I mean, as the game was changing, they teamed up and you know won a couple nationals together, and they will be inducted into the Hall of Fame out on Long Island. Uh, I think on the Friday night of the nationals dinner.
3: Great. There we go. So they were
2: talented. Anna was a former volleyball player in her youth. Vicky, I mean, maybe one of the greatest of all time. All these women are some of the greatest players of all time, and they're you know I was so glad that my career sort of ended and I got to watch them come up because I just see the athleticism, the tactics, everything changing in the sport. And uh these women have done an amazing spot in leading the way. And now we have the Roxy's, the Gabbies, the Floors, the Annikas, the Annas. I mean, it's just that everybody keeps paving the way for the next wave of competitors.
3: Well, that, that you've flowed perfectly into our next question to you. In the in in the in the time that you've been involved in this game, how have you seen it changed? you mm-hmm. you you know they got more athletic, the influx of foreigners and and the game changed a little bit, but uh, what else have you seen on both men's and women's side? You probably watch as much, or if not more, paddle than anyone.
2: Well, one thing was the technology. The balls change a bit. New uh, paddles, innovation. I mean, where was I without my heated paddle grip? That's right. You know, twenty oh, years ago with those kids sad. when it's zero degrees, you were what cold. Thank you. You
1: were cold. That's where you were.
2: <laughs> I was cold. That's right. <laughs> so so you know the game changed and i mean i didn't play in the old time with the old paddles i think the super sorba was the first paddle i played with that hank lent me that day that delaminated um david Chelsea took over you know marcraft and i think the equipment cha- made a change in the game for sure because people before you didn't see the transition game and then all of a sudden as the the ball sat up a little bit more and <laughs> the athleticism power People went the grips. You know, you, yep. this was a sport where you saw a lot of continental grips, and then you saw people changing their grips, moving it over as high-level tennis players came in. Yeah. Then it was the dipping balls, and so it forced different positioning. You know, different placements, and and now you know we goof on. You know, some people won't won't talk about the pushover, and other people goof about it. You know, it works. Every tactic works at a different level, and all you got to figure out is if I'm playing Noah. I just have to figure out what tactic I need to beat Noah. I don't have to bring out 12. I just usually, usually out. you
1: put it on his forehand and let him hit it off the back screen. That's a safe <laughs> play. And by the way, the, the reason the push overhead is so funny is because of uh, Liam Garvey's Im- impersonation of, uh, of uh, Sven when he says yeah. he's doing a push overhead clinic. That's sure. the best. That's the best. Right for sure. There. So, but, you so, know, when
2: you're in my height and you were pushed back, you didn't have many choices <laughs> for the overhead. Um, so, and so, you know, the the transition game that we see, and everybody, you know, a willingness to give up the net. And you, you see Micker Doya. I mean, he plays aggressive forehand volleys like no one I've seen in the game. Um, other people you saw, you know, Palmer and Broderick, just an incredible volleying team together, and they used to pack it in like sardines there, where you know, some people do that, some people don't. You see Steven and and Johan and Johan taking. You know, he gets himself on that left side of the court and Steven is a wise man to just get out of the way when Johan's doing his thing. So, yeah. You know, so I, I just think you see different things that work for different people, in, you know, and, and I think the universal thing forever in the game is if you learn screens, you don't, you're not scared of the ball coming at you. Uh, backhand volley, committing to the backhand volley on balls right at your body, those things never change
3: can I, can I ask you one question? You just brought up Johan and Steven. I had this argument with a couple of people the other day. One guy agreed with me. One guy didn't. And I said, I think Steven Mitchell is the most underrated player in the game. The guy's unbelievable, right? Like, you know what? They're like, well, he's playing with Johan. I, you understand. No one's game plan is, Hey, let's pick on Johan today. (laughs) You know, like I think, I think Steven's, one of the best if not one you know outside of johan the best player in the game of paddle he's so underrated right i I
2: agree i I had a couple conversations with some people last two days you know if you had to pick the top six players in the men's game eight players steven mitchell for me he is so rock solid and I, i watched him play and just how much he's improved and you know um Mark Fischel made a comment about how Johan used to stick his pal in front of Mark Parsons, and that's why Mark Parsons missed a volley. But, you know, where you know, Johan had a different playing style when he played with Parsons, and he had to, because he had to cover for Mark. Mark, you know, just was a little bit weak, I think, on one side than the other. So I mean, Johan had to overplay when he played with Mark with Parsons. But I think Stephen Mitchell, I've watched him uh you know the biggest difference his volleys he went to the sidearm serve that let him get a better look running in at that ball uh it stopped people from just firing that ball down at his feet his volleys improved Steve like everything improved Steven's forehand at short hills I never saw anything like it I mean I even said to Mick Mick was that a drill were you trying to feed him <laughs> short rollers to his forehand right like four inches past the service line because you did a great job in that match. I mean, yeah, S- Stephen was lights out, and and Stephen and Johan, great champions. I mean, last year after canoe group finals, everybody ended up maybe at a bar in Mars Town for part of the evening, and and those guys were so fun to celebrate. They're gracious champions. I mean, our, our sport is so lucky to have them.
3: Yeah. Oh absolutely. I just I just wanted to touch on Steven because I, I everyone's oh Johan, Johan, Johan. You know there's another guy on the court and that guy is a badass player. I mean, I just think he, he needs is to total get
2: badass.
1: Yeah. Hey and, and just for the record, they were celebrating similarly after Short Hills this year. Uh, and, 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 and I left at one 30 in the morning because I had an early flight. So <laughs> they're tough to, you know, they, they've been playing all day. I went back to the, after I was done playing, I took a nap and I still couldn't keep up with those guys at one 30 in the morning. So <laughs> the, the endurance is incredible. <laughs> um, so it, it's kind of a good tie when you talk about the, the changes in technologies and the changes in athleticism, things like that. If you were, uh, if you were ruler for a day, what, what changes would you make to the, to the game?
2: I'll tell you, honestly, with um, the push, thanks to Amin Kaduri and Tiernan Kavana for the APTA in creating, um, you know, opportunities to win national championships and every different level. That was always my wish. Dave Broderick came on the APTA years ago and his thing was um, really helping to make a push for B nationals, we called it at the time. And then we realized there are so many different levels in the sport, the APTA membership, is mostly made up of people whose PTIs are over 50 and we have to provide opportunities for competition for everybody and and we've done that so actually that was really my wish list my other wish list is i would love a national tennis center but a platform tennis center where maybe you go for nationals you do one in the midwest chicago land one somewhere in the tri-state area you cover two courts. So the game, you commit all this money to live streaming and you've got the courts covered. So if, if I could do something magical, that's what I would wish for for the sport. Because I do think it, it. it's a shame when events do get rained on and, you know, tournament directors, this game is relying upon volunteers everywhere you look. Right. And it is so, it's it's so discouraging and disappointing at times when you put a lot into something and then the event just, you know, is a struggle because of the rain. And so, you know, we've seen that over the years I've played in tournaments and mixed in women's where, you know, the ball's spinning in every direction. I, I'm thinking the only way I'm going to get a ball back is just, you know, if the other person's paddle slips out of their hand and they miss, I mean, it's part of the game. It's part of, you know, being a competitor, you have even playing opportunities if it's raining if it's snowing the steam's coming up but i would love to see the weather be knocked out of it and you had some kind of coverage at least two courts and let's say an event is slated and it's being live streamed in greenwich connecticut and there's someplace an hour away that everybody could go and you could you know with with some of these companies if you can move the cameras around and figure it out i don't know i think that would be a most a most amazing thing for the sport of platform tennis.
3: Now, any, uh, any on court playing rules, you would change. I, you know, a lot of people are talking about this new underhand serve that Randy Lofgren was hitting and he, you know, ace Johan, what five, six times, you know, a lot of guys are like, well, that's going to get outlawed soon. Do you think, I don't think that should be outlawed. That's a, that's a skill. That's a great serve.
2: Sure. If you have the nerve to hit it, are you kidding me?
3: Right. That shouldn't be outlawed. And you know, Right.
2: And you know what? Here's the real concern I have for Randy. Johan can do anything. (laughs) Wait till he does it because he's going to figure it out. Three stories high. Yep. But he might lose the point because the ball will bounce out of the side of the court. Right.
1: Right. Okay.
3: well, that goes into another question. This is a rule I do think that should be changed. I think if you hit a good lob and it lands in the court but bounces out, you shouldn't be punished for that now it's only really a warm weather issue but that is a if you've hit a good high lob landed it in the court i think that's a game changer if players have now got to work out if they hit it or they you know that's that is one of the rules i think that is one that i think should change
2: what do you think about the let cord winning serve on a 4 mile an hour serve <laughs>
3: I, I, think I think regular club players get a kick out of it. I, I think if you can
1: hit it successfully, I think it's a fantastic shot. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a high degree of precision. <laughs> All right. So listen, it, it's, it's that time we have nationals. We we have, I gotta, I gotta be careful. We have adult nationals coming up uh, shortly yeah. as well. So it, it's time for you to make some predictions. What do you think is going to happen here?
2: All right. So I have my uh, APTA website open here, and I'm looking at the women's. Can we start with the women? Sure, let's, absolutely. Let's go. Let's do let's it. Get ready to rumble. I say, I think there's about seven teams on the women's side that can win nationals.
3: Okay, let's start with your your outside bet.
2: All right. I mean, if I had to bet, if I had a thousand dollars to bet or a dollar, what's the bet? A you know,
3: we, cool, let's go, let's go big. <laughs>
2: to, It'd be hard great, to go. Let's go against. with a dollar.
3: Let's keep it simple. Let's go with a dollar, Patty. You got dollar on the line. Who's your outside team?
2: How could you pick anybody but Florinana in the women's? Yes. Undefeated season. First time that's happened since 1989. Do you know the last team to go undefeated in women's Wait,
3: play? Meant just women's, right? Because didn't women's. Hughes and Powers go. Yeah. Okay. Uh was it you?
2: Cindy Prendergast, Patty Hogan. Okay, keep going. Ready?
3: <laughs> so, well, I...
2: they got a shot. Carrie Ke- Delmonico, Lauren Gebbia. They they got some work to do. They're number two yep. in the country. Um, their, their record this season, I think, has slipped a tiny bit. And I think that they haven't played as much together in tournaments, which hurts them in nationals a little bit. So, so. I would, I would bet a quarter on them right now. But Sorry, if they Jerry, don't win it, on. they will
3: definitely win the after party.
2: You know, strong contenders. It's very, um,
3: very strong.
2: Sitting at number three in the rankings, Macy, Elliott, and Marcella. Yep. Are you kidding me? Lights out and Darian, they've got a shot. Amy Shea, Jolene Sutter, they've got a shot. Gio Williamson, they've got a shot. They haven't played that many tournaments. I think that hurts a little bit. But I mean, they are a lights out team when they're on fire. They they can do some damage at nationals. Cooper and Mullenbeld, they m- played the most amazing nationals last year. Lost barely to Nicolescu and Cruz. I watched the match at Montclair. I mean, Jade Curtis, Martina Andrekova they've had a they've had a pretty good year. And as you can see, they know how to play against Hanish Zabori. There's it, yep. the game comes down to matchups, and there's certain people, and you just know it's a mismatch. Quite frankly, um, but you know, you take a team, Curtis and Andrekov are number 10 in the rankings, y- you can't count them out. So That's they're gonna be a
3: final match for a top team, or uh, a round of 16 match for a top team.
2: Round of 16 match, you got it, you got it. And so, you, you
3: haven't touched on a Gabby and Roxy plan together.
2: Oh, I'm saving them.
3: Okay, so, okay, I'll pump okay. the, the brakes. I'm sorry,
2: I'm saving my Philly winners. We gabby and roxy i mean just incredible talent uh i mean uh roxy's got some injuries gabby i mean i i've offered gabby up for the ukraine army because i mean that woman i, I feel like if we could send one person over from our country to make a <laughs> difference it would be gabby <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome.
1: Uh, all right how, how about how about the how about the men what where do you think's going on there
2: okay so Stephen mitchell one of the greatest players in our game is playing with johan and they've only lost once charity semifinals parsons and raya uh, so they, they they get my dollar bet first um, yeah. our you know got to the finals and nationals last year they've had a little up and down results short hills show that they're back um, and I think if Spen hits his roller a little deeper Steven, maybe gets a little bit more to his backhand, not setting him up when he gets over there in that two score, that could be helpful for them. It's matchups. I think the athleticism yeah. that Burrs and O'Doyer bring to the table just kind of can eliminate some teams right off the bat. You have a uh, four-time national champ, Mark Parsons and Juan. Uh, i not sure what went on in Philly, not their finest match. I don't know if Juan got hurt a little bit there. Um, or they came just against the Midwest finest and just really had no (laughs) shot in that match because, you know, Morgan and Frazier got the monkey off their back, took out, uh, Tomas and Drew in the quarters. And I just think that freed them up and, you know, Frazier and Morgan sitting at number five in the national rankings totally have a legitimate shot. I mean, they work their asses off when they're in those matches. There's no point they don't contend for it. And I love that. And they'll, yeah. you know, they'll get bummed out when they miss who cares. I mean, another Midwest well, that... team, Compton McNerney,
3: yeah. you know, I've
2: not seen yeah. a lot of them, but I mean, talk about Brian Compton love for two-handed backhand. I totally have a crush on that. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, speaking about crushes from the Midwest, we've got <laughs> Rams Wagner. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll, I'll join you on
3: that. I love a little Philippe Rams. That's my boy. I
2: mean, who doesn't?
3: I will, j- Philippe, that's my dude. I love Philippe.
1: Suddenly oh very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, get out of
3: Sorry, here.
2: Um, oh, but by the way,
1: I'm, I'm not sure people from Pittsburgh would uh would call themselves Midwesterners, but uh you know, it's all right.
2: <laughs> I throw them in the Midwest. All right, we'll take it. We'll not-
1: For yep. sure. For sure. Yeah, you
2: know, we've got I mean the game is so exciting in the women's we had Kiro and Petrini who got through into the semis you know I mean you know in in Philadelphia what an incredible team I know them locally and I had never seen Kiro actually play a match before this weekend phenomenal you see uh Sven Lollage, uh Thompson they played the match up and coming on the men's side and then Chris Humphreys, one of the exciting players in the new pro at Short Hills Club and most importantly uh junior nationals hot commander there
3: and we go who's anton who's anton playing with a thomas you know. okay interesting
2: okay and then we go to my last pick
3: Ooh.
2: But, but you know i like going out on a limb max leprevair martin bostrom
3: i saw that team that was interesting i like that
2: really interesting
3: yep is, is Wait, that, did is, I, is,
1: is that accentuated by your, uh, by your max love?
2: I must admit, oftentimes it starts with one thing and goes to the other. <laughs> doesn't everything in life.
3: You left, we left a uh, four-time national champion off the list, right? Unless I glazed over for a second there.
2: Oh, no, I mentioned, would you You talking Thomas, about-
3: Thomas and Drew, I'm sorry. Did I miss Thomas that one?
2: Yeah, of yeah. course. They're, they're in there. We know y- you look at, everybody's talking about the styles of play and here's and Dave Broderick and I had a conversation today with Greg Morgan and he's like and Dave was saying well you look at Morgan and Frazier and they've got finishing shots you know but they can grind out points but they're going to take the opportunity and I think that's where Broderick and uh, Christian going into nationals now have gotten their feet wet several times had successes Uh, we're down, you know, we're up five two second set against Tyler and Adam. And, you know, then Tyler and Adam just kind of loosened up. And I heard Frazier just hit lights out something like 23 cutter winners that Drew said, neither Drew nor Tomas could run down. And that's saying something. Interesting. So I, I think Tomas is one of the players on the rise in the game and his, his transition from the beginning of the season to getting to the finals in Boston, remarkable. And so, yep. of course, they're, they're on my list.
3: And I, I, you know, I know Drew's playing with with Tomas, but I I I saw Drew play with uh, Matic, and they've had a couple of not great results since the cabin fever. But I thought that was going to be a great team, and oh, I think I mean, going to start playing a bit more again next year. Uh, but I thought I thought that was going to be a tough team.
2: I, I do too, and I, I would love. I I hope Matic plays more. Uh, he yep. is what I mean. I watched him a couple years ago at Nationals play president's cup lights out nationals lights out i think they went out in the quarters of the 16s i felt that at the time the format of the president's cup needed to change because i felt that like those guys who have a legitimate shot to go deep in the men's draw or the women's draw kind of exhaust themselves for the national championships and as the game has changed and what is required commitment wise your physicality to withstand the three days of what it takes, endurance-wise, talent-wise, pressure-wise, handling it all, Um, you know, it was time for a change in that, so that's why this year we've got all our PTI Nationals for everybody, no matter what level you are in our sport now, you know, we're hitting it out of the park, just like what tennis can do, what pickleball has done, Uh, now we just have to figure out how to come up with some cheaper courts.
1: (laughs) there you go there you go well you know we we can do what they do in uh in atlanta and in california just not have eaters that's one of the ways so. yeah we, that, yeah i don't think that will work but. <laughs> that's true hey but um, it, sorry go ahead
2: but the cost of a court you know the cost of the heaters in the whole project is right is not that much and i know we have two courts up in ticonderoga and maybe You know, we spend, I don't know, we, we don't spend that much on propane. We get them shoveled and throw the heaters on and, you know, it's, that's, that's a minimal cost in the whole effort, I would say.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Right.
3: Well, Patty, I do, I do enjoy your pictures from Lake George, Patty, being up there. (laughs) I, uh, I, I, I feel like I'm there. It's, uh, I, I enjoy seeing those pictures from up there. It's great
2: i'm a member of the chamber of commerce we 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 do paddle camps up there we we love the area i'm, I'm blessed my husband was raised up there and loves it and i fell in love with it him it him and lake george at the same time i think
1: there you go uh good stuff well hey uh patty it's it's getting late we uh we certainly appreciate uh all your insight and all your time and uh I'll speak oh, for the kid. I'll speak for the kids now. I, I know that they all appreciate your dedication to putting uh, oh, yeah. on a great Junior Nationals this weekend. The live streaming will be available on uh, on YouTube. Is it going to be on Pro Flight Live, or where's the live stream going to be for people? Yep,
2: it's on-, on Pro Flight, and we'll probably go on the air around one thirty on Saturday afternoon.
1: That sounds sounds good. All right, and we'll uh, we'll look forward to watching you there, and we'll certainly look forward uh, in a few weeks to listening to you at Nationals, and I'll look forward to seeing you out there.
2: Oh, I can't wait. Thanks guys for having me on. This is a great show. I thoroughly enjoyed on my four hour weekly drives, listening to you guys inside <laughs> the wires.
1: Awesome. We love having you on. Thanks so much, Patty. Thank you. Thanks.
3: Uh, Fade to black. Roll the credits. Thank you so much to Patty Hogan for joining us today. Uh, Patty, Patty's just a ball of energy. If you ever seen her on the live stream, hands down her and Mark Innes five beers deep are my favorite commentators. Uh, those guys are just amazing. But on a serious note, the, the game of paddle needs more Patty Hogan's. The, the, her love for her love for junior paddle and growing the game, and um, she's just a treasure for this game of paddles. So, you know, we we were we'd wanted Patty on the show for a long time. So this this was a fun one for Noah and I. So thank you to Patty Hogan. Thank you for all of you who stuck around and uh, listening to me speaking right now. We appreciate every one of you. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon.